Welcome to Becoming a Sleep Consultant. I'm your host, Jane Havens, a certified sleep consultant and founder of both Snooze Fest by Jane Havens and Center for Pediatric Sleep Management. On this podcast, I'll be discussing the business side of sleep consulting. You'll have an insider's view on launching, growing, and even scaling a sleep consulting business. This is not a podcast about sleep training. This is a podcast about business building and entrepreneurship. Camilla Martello is the owner and founder of Camilla Sleep. Originally from Columbia, she completed her certification with Center for Pediatric Sleep Management and now helps Spanish-speaking families around the world improve sleep at home. Camilla is also the director of Academia Consultoria del Sueño, which is CPSM's sleep consultant certification program in Spanish. Camilla, welcome to the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. Hi, Jane. Thank you for having me again. So the inspiration for this podcast episode is something that you actually shared on our Winning Wednesday thread inside of our CPSM community. For those listening who are not enrolled in the program, Winning Wednesday is just a weekly opportunity for all of us to share some of the great things that are happening inside of our businesses and in our lives. And last week you said, I'm going to embarrass you because I wrote it down and I'm going to read it. Uh, okay. last, week, last week you said, my Wednesday win is realizing that at 38 weeks pregnant, I've worked hard to grow my business and I'm extremely proud of growing my family and being able to decide what I want to do with my business when my baby is born. These past months, I've had the freedom to choose how much to work, plan when to stop working, build an online, build online courses for passive income. And now as I impatiently wait for baby to arrive at any time, I only have to answer to myself, my business, my time, my rules, and it feels so good. I loved that. I know I'm totally embarrassing you, <laughs> but I wanted to sort of show that off because I think you've come a really long way in your business from supporting families just one-on-one -on -one to sort of like building out this whole infrastructure where you're really able to continue to help families, but be a little bit less hands-on, right? Yes, for sure. I mean, I love supporting families one-on-one, -on -one, but I definitely saw opportunities as to where I could just like, how do, how would you say that? Just like put the information in a platform, in a program, you know, just like some information that applies to all babies, right? And kind of like take time off from those one-on-one -on -one video calls or those one-on-one -on -one emails. I just wanted to make sure that I was using my time efficiently. I am someone that, you know, we all have our strengths and weaknesses. It's not one of my strengths to hire people to, like, I, I, I still have, like, I'm still doubting if, like, it was the right moment in my business to, to hire someone to help me out. So instead, I'd rather focus on other ways of saving time and online courses were just, like, more of a more of an option for me for my temperament and how I still wanted to just like keep being the the only face <laughs> to put it that way of Camila sleep so I was like okay you know what I'm not ready to expand my team I am ready to just manage my content and my not and the knowledge I give families in a different way first so so let's take a quick step backwards before we get into on all the online course stuff that mm -hmm. you have going on 
Can you sort of explain to everybody listening what it looked like for you to first grow a successful sleep consulting business? And then how did you actually work to pivot so that you could generate this passive income via online course sales? Yeah, for sure. So at the beginning, I was just like putting my name out there, just word of mouth, a lot of my friends and family members just sharing things. And I am, my background is in PR marketing. So I feel really comfortable with social media. That's basically what I've always used. So just like using social media and, and sharing content, et cetera. That's how I started. I definitely started, you know, hustling. <laughs> I did one-on-ones all the time and I, with babies all ages, right? I like personally, my story with with sleep training and my passion for sleep started early with my son. So I was able to basically get him 12 hours of sleep by 12 weeks, which sounds cliche, <laughs> but I did manage that with just like with newborn shaping, right? And making sure I was doing all the right things day and night. So I am really passionate about that age. And as well, as, as we all like, I mean, as sleep consultants know, there's not much you can, there's not a lot of strict plans you can do with a newborn. You kind of, you know, have to play it by day based on their needs, etc. So I started doing this newborn workshop, live Zoom workshop. I think I started the first time with five families, then the second time with seven families. And then I consistently started getting like 10 families every month where I just gave them like the basics, newborn sleep shaping information. So that's how it started. And at some point people were asking for, it was once a month and then people started asking for more frequent dates. And I was like, well, I don't know if I could pull off, you know, two workshops per month. And then it started happening. And then I like to provide like good information. And I don't do, I don't put like a low price point. I put like a, a good price point for me and a good price point for the families. My workshop was not one hour. It was four hours, just like full, fully packed of information. So people were happy, but at the same time, it was hard for everyone to be available for two, two hour sessions of just like information. And it was getting just like exhausting for me, <laughs> just like to talk for two hours straight. So then, so then what did you do? Did you decide to record? one of your newborn sleep shaping trainings or did you just like get onto zoom and record it by yourself what did that look like for you to turn it in from like a live presentation into something that was what we call in the course world evergreen where you can just yeah. sort of like buy it at any time so first i started with just recording the sessions with it that i did with the families and selling those to families who couldn't attend live then i did move forward with just recording it myself so it was still my same my same presentation on canva uh, i i this is like one tip that i have to say right now just because it's there <laughs> before i forget like if you're gonna do a, a course with presentation style it's fine but you have to make sure that your visuals are appealing in the sense that it's minimal don't overdo it and make it easy on the eye i think that's something that at least my clients have always like noticed and I get feedback from that. They say, you know, it's, it's a nice presentation. It's simple. It's easy to understand. Use a lot of visuals. Don't just pack it with text. So I think that's something to always have, you know, it's good to have like there in your content. And then 
I said, you know what? I think even, you know, I feel like it's good, but I could do it even better because I don't want to be. I was at the point where people paid me and then I had to send the email. I wanted to automate the process. So I started looking into online platforms and I started with Thinkific. And that's where I just started outlining the program. Okay. And I said, okay, if I were to just like put this into a book or a guide, what would, what would that look like? So I outlined my whole program, divided it by chapters. And that's how I got my, my framework. Are you still on Thinkific now? I moved, I moved over to Kajabi. I started I with Thinkific so. and that's like the first thing, you know, I wasn't going to start Kajabi is way more expensive. I wasn't going to start just, you know, spending a lot of money on something that, that wasn't, I mean, I knew it was going to work, but I wasn't sure how the numbers were going to turn out. Specifically, I didn't want a $200 business expense right out the fence with a program that was just brand new. So I started with Thinkific and then I did eventually move to Kajabi after maybe like six months. The growth was steady and the reason I moved was just because I, I use Kajabi for other features. So I like the email marketing capability. It has like just like other things that I feel that if you take advantage of, then the price is worth it. I love that everything that you're sort of saying is what I tell people all the time, which is that it doesn't need to be perfect for you to put it out to the universe and offer it to prospective families. I love that you just started by recording something that you already had and you sold that. And then once you realize like, okay, people are actually asking for this, people are actually wanting to buy it. Okay, maybe I should create something that's specifically for this, right? And creating a, a Canva presentation or like a PowerPoint, whatever you want to call it. Um, and really it sounds like it evolved and became even better over time. I think so many people never even get started with stuff like this because they're so worried about it being perfect from the start. And, and it, it doesn't have to be. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. That's something that I've worked on in every aspect of my business. I am a perfectionist a thousand percent. So a lot of times I have not done things because or taking a long time to publish something because I want it to be perfect. But with the newborn program, maybe it's because of the demand. I kind of had to force myself to just like push through and say, you know what? It's not what I would think perfect. The funny thing is one, if someone is ever thinking about doing an online course, I think that one of the pieces of information I would like to share is like that your course is never going to be a hundred percent perfect. Like you're always going to totally. find something. I am I, like before I, I hopped onto to this podcast, I was finishing, like I was updating mine. At 30 weeks, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to update a little bit of this little piece of information. I'm going to switch this here because it's just never going to be 100%. There's always a frequently asked question you could ask. You could add to the text. There's always a new article that you could update. The AAP is always updating the safe sleep guidelines. So I like to make sure that that's updated on my course. So it's something that you always have. It's like a baby that always needs a little bit of attention. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. And I feel the same way, you know, with with even with Center for Pediatric Sleep Management, if I think back to what the course looked like when it launched in 2019 versus what it looks like now, it's entirely different. So 
you know, had I been afraid to launch because I didn't have everything in there that's in there now, like how much time would have been wasted? Like, you know, that's so sad. That's so sad. I, I think that for many coaches, course creation, obviously it can feel totally daunting. And, you know, you and I have both been through this, so we know that it's true. First, you have to get over the imposter syndrome that comes along with being a course instructor. And then you actually need to like create the curriculum, right? I'm wondering which part of it for you was harder. Was it the mental hurdle of like admitting that you are qualified to teach a course like this? Or was it like actually getting the course together and putting it out into the universe? For me, it was putting the course together and getting it out. Like I, I, at least with, of course, you always feel imposter syndrome at some point with little things. But for me, it hasn't been like a main issue. For me, it's always been more of like that perfectionism side of it. And, and coming from a PR, marketing, journalism background, I'm very, 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 very aware of like the... Um, you know, the logos, the visuals, the how it looks, the, is the video, does the video have good lightning? It's just something I can't avoid. <laughs> so just like making sure that everything was perfect in that sense was kind of overwhelming. And at some point, what I decided was in one of my trips to Colombia, I said, you know what, I'm going to just hire a videographer and I'm going to hand over my son to my to his grandma and I'm just going to take two full days to record this. So I didn't, I, I, I made a script for every single chapter that was like, you know, it, that took a lot of, I'm not going to say like dedication, like just to sit down and write a script. You know, of course you, you end up improvising some parts, but I wanted to have a script. And then I had this videographer just like record me. And then he did the editing too. So that was a, a an investment money wise, but it definitely paid off. Like I knew that it was going to pay off. And then, you know, that that's the thing with, with passive income. Like once you're done with the work, yes, you did the investment, but at some point it's going to pay off, right? Like right. be it two months from now, three months from now, six months from now, at some point it's going to pay off. Thank God mine paying off really quickly. And that's just also not luck. Once you have a passive course, you have to market it constantly. People don't know that it's there all the time, especially at least with social media. You get new people all the time. So you always have to keep like saying, oh, and by the way, here's the course. And yeah, I covered this in my course. So I kind of try to mention it like a couple of times per week. Or that was going to be my next, that was going to be my next question yeah. is, can you sort of more specifically walk us through what it looks like for you to market your online programs? I know you said you're comfortable on social media. I know that you're hanging out on Instagram, right? Primarily. Um, what does that look like? Are you going live? Are you doing like posts on the main grid? Are you doing mm -hmm. stories? Is it all of it? Walk us through like your strategy there. So my strategy with Instagram is always adapting <laughs> to, to Instagram, right? So at the beginning, I did posts just like, you know, highlighting the course and this is what it looks like. And also using educational information about newborn sleep. So I share a little bit about newborn sleep and I say, if you want to go in depth, if you want to use this time, you know, here's my program. So kind of like giving out information, valuable content. So people trust you as an expert instead of just saying like, oh, no, I'm not going to share anything about my course. It's secret. You have to pay for it to get, you know. So I always share just things here and there, information that honestly anyone can Google. And then I just direct them to my program. 
one thing that's like super important is I know my audience really well. I know their pain points and I know what stops them from starting sleep training or sleep shaping early. So I started addressing that. My audience didn't know that you could start, that, that, that newborn sleep shaping was even a thing and that you can start that early. So I made sure that I made lives about that and reels about that, like saying, hey, you can start early. Like you can have a routine from day one. And that does not mean cry it out because that's another pain point. My clients don't feel comfortable with a lot of crying, like at all. So I was like, okay, if you don't want to do a sleep training, you know, eventually that involves some sort of crying, then start early. You know, you're probably not going to have a lot of tears because it's a newborn baby and you're just starting from zero. So I touched on all those pain points. Instagram has changed a lot since I started. I haven't been doing a lot of lives lately. I've been focusing more on reels and that has helped my growth tremendously i think at least in the past six six or yes six months that has helped a lot and i'm not gonna say they're easy to do it's just it just takes practice like even for me i'm comfortable in front of the camera and it takes practicing and then the editing and figuring out what to say and hopping on the trends it can be very overwhelming but that's the that's the platform that I've stuck to and that I feel comfortable with. I don't do anything else. I don't do mom, Facebook mom groups. I don't do. I use email marketing. Like I nurture a lot of people from my Instagram to email marketing. I like email marketing, but I'm not on TikTok. I'm not on any other platform. Like Instagram is my thing, and that's where I feel comfortable. So that's where I stuck it out. Yeah, I think it. I think it is important. I say this all the time to reiterate that I think the key to successful marketing is to show up where you're comfortable and consistently talk about what you do, right? It really is that simple. So for you, it is Instagram. For me, it's not, right? And yeah. you can have <laughs> you can have a successful business marketing yourself on social media. You can have a successful business never being on social media. You just have to be comfortable talking about what you do and how you can support families. And And I shouldn't even say you have to be comfortable because none of us are entirely comfortable yeah, all the exactly. time right <laughs> so you don't have to be comfortable but you have to do it exactly right? and I, I i don't feel com like when the reel started i was like i'm not dancing i'm not gonna dance <laughs> i'm not gonna change 50 times you know how they do the transitions and i stuck to that part i was like i'm not gonna do it that way so i just do things that i feel comfortable some of some of my most po popular reels are just like me talking to the camera with some captions and that's it right so Definitely, you're never going to be 100% comfortable, but for sure, just find one thing that you're good at and just like stick that, stick in that route. And social, like social selling, social proof. When people tag me on the story saying, Oh, I'm taking the Camila sleep course, I'm, I'm doing that. And I repost it. And sometimes moms that take my course share like their baby slept 10, you know, 10 hours straight eight hours straight and when you see a two a two month old sleeping eight ten hours people are like wow i want that too and i'm like okay here's the link so basically making sure that i get some social proof i'm not, at this point i'm not asking for it but before i used to be like oh amazing you're doing great well if you could share a video you know i would really appreciate it <laughs> right so yeah, i did I ask I think it's important to be willing to ask, especially in the beginning. I, I'm sort of where you are at this point. I don't really ask for that, but it happens because 
people like to show off when they're feeling good yes. about how their kids are sleeping. Um, and, and they do want to sort of spread the good word. But I do think it's important in the beginning to being to be willing to ask for that testimonial, that social proof, that word of mouth, because it makes such a big difference when when your friends are out there saying like, you got to talk to this person. She knows what she's doing. I mean, that makes all the difference, that vote of confidence. Exactly. And one thing, like two things that have helped me are all of the monitors now, you know, they kind of like have insights. So people, it says like, congratulations, your baby slept 10 hours. So people, and it says share on social. So people will share on social and they would say, thank you, Camila. <laughs> so that helps. And one thing is like, I, I, so for example, back in December, and now that I'm going to create this new update to my course, I was like, okay, I need new testimonials. I need fresh, right? For my landing page. What I did is I emailed the people who have taken my course and I said, hey, win a free, win a $50 Amazon gift card. Just fill out, you know, fill out, let me know your experience with my course and I'll, and I'll put your name in the raffle. And that got me like, I think not a lot of people. Com like actually did the survey, but at least 2025, that's 25 testimonials. I mean, for me, that's a lot. It's more than you need, right? It's yeah, more than way more than I need. Right. So way more than I need for my landing page. Exactly. So I was like extremely happy with that, even if it wasn't like, in, like nothing, it was nothing compared to the amount of people that have actually taken the course. So um, I was happy with that. So I get creative in the way of how I incentivize people to write testimonials. I know Sometimes I don't write testimonials for things I really like. You're just busy and you forget about it. So, you know, I got I, I get creative on that side. And yeah, just keep reminding people that it's out there because people are not going to have a present all the time. What do you wish that you knew then that you know now about online course creation and course sales? What What do you wish that like, somebody had told you? Is there anything that was sort of frustrating to have to figure out along the way? Mm, I would just say like, well, first, what we touched on, like, it's not going to be 100% perfect. It's always a work in progress. And you're always going to have to work on it. I'm not going to say that I open my course every month. But every now and then you definitely, you know, open it and make sure that everything is working. Another thing is, I don't know if this is just my audience, to be honest, but sometimes people don't read like they don't read and they don't want to read the logging instructions and they don't want to uh, they don't just they don't want to figure things out. So like there's going to be an aspect of customer support that you're going to have to be technically savvy with. So, for example, sometimes people are like, hey, I bought the course. I can't get into my account. So I have to go into Kajabi and send them like a reset password link that doesn't take any time but you know it's a technical thing right and, and it's still frustrating because like they can get in they just and they could just like how <laughs> click reset password right but yeah. just like you know it's also there's also going to be a um a customer service aspect to it and at least yeah these platforms require some knowledge of technicalities right you have to upload a graphic to make sure that the class has a graphic you have to upload links and text and if you're doing video form you have to make sure that your video has good audio so it's not just like the sleep consulting part of it it's also the is this a good customer experience aspect of it so that's something to consider and i really actually identify with that because when i yeah. was <laughs> 
creating DPSM, you know, when I think back to what the course looked like in the earliest days, you know, when you go to watch a new video, if it was me talking on the video, it would be me with like my eyes half closed and like looking really, there was no like, there was no like thumbnail Cover picture, photo, yeah. right? And, and for the longest time, I just left it that way because I was so not tech savvy mm -hmm. that I didn't even know how to add a thumbnail picture or whatever it's called. Is that even what it's called? Or am I making that up? Like a in Kajabi, it's called a cover photo. It could be cover or thumbnail. Yeah, like a cover photo, whatever. I don't even know what it's called, right? And so for the longest time, my course, just all the videos looked like that. And I was like, it was bothering me, but I also didn't know how to fix it. And, you know, I could have, I guess I could have asked, I think I eventually did, like, get a you VA did. to help me. And then I, or you helped me, I don't know. <laughs> um, but, you know, that that shouldn't, in my eyes, like, that shouldn't be a reason for keeping yourself from putting something out there. Because honestly, I was more bothered by it than any of Anyone my students else. who went through the program. Like nobody gave me any negative feedback on it. Like maybe they thought something in their minds, like, oh, this is a little unprofessional that this looks this way. Um, but nobody ever complained to me or said anything about it. And over time, as I became more comfortable with the platform that the course is on, and as I became more comfortable with making edits and adding the material, like I just fixed it all. And you know, there's still things that yeah. I want to change. And it, it's like a constant, I call it like a, it's like a living, breathing organism. Like you're always, yes. it's always changing. You're always working on it. And none of that should stop you from getting started, if you ask me. Not at all. And for example, these platforms, they want your business. They want your course to be in their platform. So they have amazing customer True. support and amazing blogs, you know, like guides on how to start. Like everything is figure outable. <laughs> like, everything you can just google like every time i have an issue with kajabi which is like random things like how to edit this in kajabi and boom the answer appears how to do this in kajabi and it's just like it takes a it is a learning process if you don't want to hire anyone else but you could also just hire someone to help you with that part so it really it's up to you definitely just play to your strengths and in the part like i mentioned i, re I hired a videographer I felt comfortable doing that because I had to do that in college. Like I wasn't in front of the camera when I was doing journalism, but you don't have to do it that way. You could just record yourself. If you feel more comfortable, like with visual tools, with text, just create a nice presentation and use Loom or Zoom to record yourself or even Canva itself allows you to record yourself. And that's it. You're just like in a little bubble. I, I would recommend showing your face on the course, like even if it's in those little bubbles. Instead of just like, like reading over a slide, just because I feel like people do want to see you and, and it feels a little bit more personal, but you could just start also with a PDF and, you know, just like a video audio PDF and then just kind of start, you know, roll from there. But it doesn't have to be this professional video at all. And if you don't, if you don't have, for example, I used a baby model. <laughs> When I recorded, I, I asked my uncle, he's an OBGYN, and I said, hey, do you have any clients that you would think will be comfortable with me swaddling their baby on camera? And he's like, yeah, I have I have this girl, and the girl who didn't know me just showed up in my house with a swaddle. I knew her mother-in-law knew me, but she's just like, okay, here's my baby. I'll just go have some coffee while you swallow her, <laughs> swaddle her on camera. Swallow, swallow her. <laughs> swaddle, swaddle her on camera. So the baby was like a great model. But I could only do like, I only had, I could only get away with showing like the Velcro swaddle. 
And I was like, okay, I really want to show the traditional way of swaddling a baby with a regular swaddle blanket. I couldn't do it. I just found a link on, on YouTube to this video from, I think it's John Hopkins Hospital, where a nurse is showing how to do the traditional swaddle. And that's in the course. Like, there's so many resources online that you can use. And, and you know, you don't need to have it all. And not everything has to be done by you. And yeah, it's never, it's never going to be a thousand percent perfect. It's never ending. It's never ending. Yeah. And one thing I, I do is, for example, when I seek, People that take my course and they come up with like similar questions, I write them down. I'm like, okay, I have to address this in the course. Like I didn't have, I talk, I talk about naps, right? Newborn naps. And I explained that they're short, but people were like getting very anxious that they were short. <laughs> so they were like, no, but there's a really short, how long should I extend them? Try to extend a nap for. So I made sure to write that down and then just like include it in the course. So now I have a little. FAQ section on short naps, right? So you're always just making sure that the more you work on it, the less questions you will eventually get. Exactly. So I know that you're about to have a baby like any minute. You're yeah. 38 weeks pregnant. <laughs> 39. Um, what, 39. Okay. What is your plan for maternity leave? Are you taking any one-on-one -on -one clients or are you simply going to rely on core sales for income while you're adjusting to life with two kids? Yeah, so I definitely stop one on ones because I, how do you say that? Yeah, I just wanted to make sure, you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be off. I, that I don't have a plan for. Like, I'm a very active person. So in a month, I could, might say, like, oh, I'm, I'm ready, right? Or it might take me two months or it might take me three weeks. I'm not one to sit still. So I don't have a plan on when. I just know that whenever I plan to open one on ones again, I've also worked on kind of like creating a program for that. So it's not a thousand percent passive, but I know my clients, 99% of the people that want to work with me want a parent present method. So I've developed this course, this baby sleep program for babies from five months to 18 months, where 90%, 99% of the information on how to sleep train and all the wake windows information, like the theory and the actual plan is written out. So families can just like purchase a program. They fill out a questionnaire. They get um, like a little, just like a little recommendation sheet from me on what windows to use, some sample schedule. But then they already have all the information on the step-by-step, -step, right? So they don't need me explaining, here's the process. Here's how you put them down. Here's the routine. So I've kind of, yeah, created kind of a program where they just have to keep their communication with me at a minimum. So that's nice because I don't have to be like full on calls, full on chat. I can just like start with that, take some families at a time until I feel comfortable to roll over. And for now, since I can't stay still, I'm going to use this new baby <laughs> to be my model Perfect. for just like new content in the program. I feel like an online course more than just like selling the information, you also need to have an additional value because at the same time, someone could just like buy a book or buy a guide. Like, why would they buy mine, right? Or what's the what's the added plus of what's the added value of buying it from me instead of just like having a friend send you the the, the program, right? So with this program, I'm gonna up the increase the price, and I'm gonna add a private Instagram channel through it. 
So people are going to get access to my, to me showing what I've, what I'm going to do with my baby's sleep for the first four months. Love that. Yeah. So that's going to be like, I probably a lot of work, just like uploading all the videos and stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, it's, it's what I do and it's a new baby. So why not? Absolutely. Um, if everybody listening wants to follow you on Instagram or maybe check out your website, where can they find you and uh, see more of what you're all about? So you can find me on Instagram as at Camila Sleep. So that's C-A-M-I-L-A. And then on my website, CamilaSleep.com. Perfect. Camila, thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. and. I can't wait to hear about the new baby. Hey, thank you, Jane. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Becoming a Sleep Consultant podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review, and subscribe. When you rate, review, and subscribe, this helps the podcast reach a greater audience. I am so grateful for your support. If you would like to learn more about how you can become a certified sleep consultant, head over to my Facebook group, Becoming a Sleep Consultant, or to my website, thecpsm.com. Thanks so much, and I hope you will tune in for the next episode.